Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Hello? Hello? Hey, Charlie, it's Tony. Hey, what are, you, what are you doing this evening? You got any big plans? I was thinking about going to a movie. Would you like to go with me? You what? Oh, you got to work late. Oh. Well, maybe I'll get you next time, Charlie. Take care. Later on, I find myself looking at my cell phone, strolling through social media, and then all of a sudden, look at that. There's Charlie. And Charlie's not at work. Looks like he's at a restaurant with a bunch of friends having a good time. How dare he? I mean, he lied to me. He must not value my friendship. He would rather be with other people than be with me. <laughs> so, goodbye, Charlie. Imagine another scenario. You've been working for weeks on this project at work. Weeks. You've been putting in overtime, not writing it down, not claiming it, but you've been working and working hard to get this project done. And it's finally finished. And you walk in and you share it with your boss and other upper-level managements. And all they do is pick at it and pick at it and pick at it. They continually tell you everything you've done wrong. Not one of them, not one of them ever says to you, hey, thank you. We realize this took a lot of time, a lot of effort, that you expended a lot of energy to get this done. Thank you. We would like to have it modified in maybe a couple of ways, but overall, great work. No, they don't say that. They just, bam, bam. They just continue to hit you, telling you everything you've done wrong. So who can blame you when you walk out with your feelings hurt? You feel like you're not appreciated. You're not valued. You're just one among many. Another piece of the cog of the machinery to keep it going. Frustrated, you drive home. And you walk in, and your partner looks at you and says, what's wrong? You look upset. And you begin to slowly share with them your frustration. As you're talking to your partner, you pause. Because your partner is looking at that cell phone. And so you, you pause, and you look at them, and they say, Excuse me? And they say, oh, no, 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 I, I'm listening. I, I can listen and look at the same time. And now all of a sudden you realize not only does your, your work not value you and appreciate you, but your own partner is ignoring you. And you feel terrible inside. All of a sudden you feel like you're not important to anyone. Your work doesn't appreciate you. Your partner isn't interested in you. Have you ever felt this way? 
Have you ever felt like other people have blaming you? Have you ever been offended by the way that people talk to you, the things they say to you, the way they treat you? If you have, then you understand the temptation to believe that when these things happen, it's all their fault. Not yours, it's their fault. You know that it's tempting to believe that they are responsible for how you feel. We say that all the time. You made me feel, there it goes. You know how tempting it is to blame other people for how you feel in your own life. When that happens to us, it is us taking things personal. It's us taking the words and the actions of other people and taking it very personal. It's like they're doing things to hurt me. And when we feel that inside, when we take things personal within ourselves, it's really easy to feel anger. It's really easy to feel like a duck. But not the duck who lets everything just roll off of them. Rather, we feel like a sitting duck and everyone's taking their shots at us. It's really easy to hold resentment against those people that we think have done these things to us because we take it personal. Can you imagine what it would be like not to? Of the four covenants, this is number two. Don't take anything personal. Don't take any words or actions that are directed towards you personal. And I'm not going to be ignorant. <laughs> this is hard to do. One of the disadvantages of preaching every week is I have to prepare a sermon. I enjoy doing that, but what I don't enjoy is when that sermon begins to talk to me. You see, it's a lot easier if I can create a sermon that's about you. But when I preach, I try to allow that sermon to first talk to me. And this week, I realized that I have a great tendency to take things personal. And this covenant says, no, don't take anything personal. So how do you do that? How do you not take things personal? When it feels like people are coming at you, you're that sitting duck and they just keep throwing things at you. How do you not take it personal? There's a book in the Old Testament, the Christian Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible. It's Ecclesiastes. It's a book of wisdom. It's a book that 
many individuals have passed by. But when you slow down and you actually spend time reading it, you begin to realize that it is aptly labeled a book of wisdom. And I believe in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21, it gives us a clue in how we can stop taking things so personal. It says the following, Do not pay attention to everything people say. Do not pay attention to everything people say. What's fascinating is in the original language, if you were to hear Ecclesiastes read in the original language, it would translate like this. Do not give your heart to everything people say. Do not give your heart. Do not give yourself to everything people say. Make a distinction between those words, those actions coming from that individual versus you. But in practical terms, what does this verse mean? How could we apply it in practical ways right now so that this week you perhaps could take a chance and stop taking things so personal? I would offer you two suggestions. Number one, you don't have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. Well, that seems like a no-brainer, right? And how does that tie into not taking things personal? Well, it does. Because we have a, a phrase, two words, that capture what many of us feel in life. Social perfection. Social perfection. We want to be perceived as if we have our life together. And to make a mistake, to err, is like re laying down the curtains, letting them fall down, and, and people get to see that we aren't perfect, that we do have flaws. Well, this becomes a real issue if one of the things that you desire is the approval of other people, if your sense of self-worth, if your identity is wrapped around being approved by other, of other people liking you, of other people thinking well of you, then when someone says something to you, when someone criticizes you, when someone does something that annoys you and you feel like they're attacking you, the tendency then is to feel like, whoa, I'm not perfect. They think less than me. And if they think less than me, then I think less of myself. And so it is so easy to take it personal because we feel vulnerable at those moments. But these words of wisdom would say, 
do not give your heart to those words. Don't allow your identity, don't allow how you feel about you to be impacted by other people. Perhaps you've heard the expression, be comfortable in your own skin. No one else is wearing your skin but you, so be comfortable in it. Which means that you have to accept that you are going to make mistakes. And at times, people will point that out to you, make it blaringly clear to you. And the temptation is to take it personal. And when we get to personal, we feel attacked. The first thing we want to do is defend ourselves. And this really is easy to happen with those people that are close to us. When a family member, your partner in life, says something, it's so easy to kind of go, whoop, here comes up the guard, get into battle mode. But if we understand that we all make mistakes, we all have errors, we all have flaws, then instead of feeling attacked, I can actually distance myself and actually hear the words and ask myself, is this true? Is the criticism I'm receiving right now, is it true? Now, I'm not asking, notice this, I'm not asking if they are telling the truth what I'm asking is myself, is this true? And I'm the one who has to decide if that criticism is legitimate. So number one, don't expect or ask yourself to be perfect. You don't have to be. Just be you. The second suggestion is understand that you are unique. Look, look around the room real quick. Just glance around. Every single person you see is unique. Just like I'm unique. And out of our uniqueness, is shaped how we see reality. Each of us have our own worldview, how we look at life. And that worldview has been shaped by experiences we've had, by trauma that we've gone through, by our education, by our family, by our friends. All of that shapes our worldview, how we see things in life. It's like wearing glasses or contacts. Without them, you see one point of view. With them, you see another. Each of us see things differently. And so when someone says something to you, that's 
their point of view, shaped by their worldview. Therefore, what they are saying is more of about an insight into their life than it is your life. You see, if we take it personally, we assume that they have the same worldview that I do. But that doesn't exist. And because of that, what they say, what they do, is insight into their life, not you. That's why this second covenant says, do not take things personally. Or like this wise person said, do not give your heart to the words of other people. It's not easy. This last week, I have made an intentional effort to not use the phrase, well, you made me feel. As soon as I say that, I'm taking it personal. So I've tried not to say it this week. And if I can learn not to take it personal, if you can learn not to take things personal, it can transform how you feel inside. All of a sudden, you begin to see people with more empathy. Let me quickly tell you an example of this. One of the things that irritates me when I drive is people that get in the fast lane and just go slow. I mean, one of the things I've learned being here in Phoenix, if the speed limit says 55, you better be going 70. And if it says 65, you better be going 80. Well, there are people that go into that fast lane and if the speed limit's 55, well, they're going to live on the edge and go 62. And so when I come up behind them, guess what? They don't move over and let me go by because I'm going faster. I think it's the most selfish things that people do. No consideration for me following them, flashing my lights, telling them to move. But that's my worldview. That's how I see life. The person driving that car, they see life totally different. So instead of taking it personal, and I don't know why I'm confessing this to you, um, I figure it's my job to teach him a lesson. So I go behind them, and they don't see me flashing my lights. I don't do this all the time. You sound like I'm a terrible driver. Um, I don't do this all the time. I don't have road rage. I have a smile while I'm doing this. No. Um, and then I'll, 
pull over into the lane and I'll go by them and it's safe, but I'll merge back over in such a way to let them know that I'm not happy with the speed they're driving. Why? Because I'm hoping to teach them a lesson. In that whole experience, I've taken this personal. Somehow, them driving slow is all about me. This covenant says, don't take things personal. Don't be the sitting duck. Be the duck that loves that just to roll right off of them. And when you do that, you will find a greater sense of peace inside yourself. You know, whoever wrote this, these words of wisdom thousands of years ago, they understood they understood that we can live life at a higher and a more enjoyable level if we can realize the world isn't all about Tony. It's not all about you. So I challenge you this week to try to practice not taking things personal. I challenge you this week to be more mindful and if you find yourself beginning to take it personal, that you can step back and say, whoa, these words, these actions are more about them and they have nothing to do about me. I encourage you to try it. Perhaps Jesus understood the quality of life that we were meant to live when he says to us, I came that you may have peace and you may have it abundantly. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society.